There we go. All right. Good evening, everyone. Good afternoon. Good morning. Whenever you're listening to this, welcome to the X Factor Racing Podcast. Uh, we come to you tonight with a very special guest. But first, let's check in with uh, I, some would say my better half, uh, Nancy. How's your week going so far, Nancy? It's good. We. Three, I think, of law school. Right. Now I've I've forgotten. I've forgotten the days at this point. They all turned into mush, but we have survived. There you go, and that's all we can ask for in this day and age. Uh, And as I mentioned, we have a special guest with us tonight. We have the amazing Alexa Zepp. And I know that almost immediately, Alexa, I'm going to get a text message from our producer reminding me to stop fangirling, but I am not apologizing. I am a huge Alexa Zep fan, and uh, we lured her into the H2H, our handicapping league, Um, and it was uh, a good day for me when Alexa agreed to play along. So tell us about you, Alexa, and everything that you do. Oh, well, thanks. I appreciate it. I'm happy to be here. I didn't feel lured. I was glad you invited me. Um, <laughs> I've really been enjoying the, the, um, yay the tournaments. I am very competitive. So I've heard. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been a lot of fun. Awesome. And you do so many different things within horse racing. Uh, you are a lot, uh, you're like the, the Renaissance woman right? You're, you have your hands in everything. Tell us about some of the things that you've done in horse racing, and then we'll work our way toward your new adventure. Sure. Yeah. So let's see, I got involved in racing about, I want to say six years ago or so is my first introduction, um, to, to racing at all. And that was actually through contests. Um, my husband's the one who introduced me to it. it. Racing has been his passion for, you know, 25 years. Mm -hmm. So, you know, pretty much everything I've learned, I've learned from him. And so he was doing contests and I started out just as his plus one at tournaments and, you know, enjoying being at the tracks and, you know, getting to know people and and the sport and it, it kind of just evolves. And Mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm an artist, so I started doing horse racing art and, art about tournaments and handicapping and players. Um, Mm -hmm. so that, you know, is one thing I did and then I became an owner and, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. And in six years, you've managed to become this, this sort of figure, this really like strong, badass woman in contest play. Uh, we have a mutual friend in common, Ryan Dickey. And I remember one of the things that one of the first things he told me about you, Alexa, was that you were a fierce competitor (laughs) and that there were few who could outwork you when it came to handicapping and contest play. What is it about contest play that really just gets you going. Oh, that's sweet. Ryan is just the best. He's incredible. Um, he's Love yeah. Him. He's hands down one of the, you know, most quality people I've ever met. He's such a great guy. Um, sure. so that means a lot coming from him. Um, you know, contest play, you know, I love to win. <laughs> <laughs> 
know it. No, I really do. Honestly, you know, my family growing up, we were competitive, like card players every Mm -hmm. night, you know, um, I was competitive in college with my art, you know, I was wanting to produce the best art and competitive for scholarships and all sorts of things. So I just really took to the contest. I love the format. I love, um, traveling. That's huge Mm -hmm. for me. I'm a big traveler. So, you know, the contests kind of give, give you that, that option a lot of times to, you know, travel to the different tracks. And so I've for sure, they've allowed me to travel all across the country and you know, I haven't been to all the tracks yet, but I've been to quite a few, um, which is so much fun. And I'm also just a people person. I love people. I love getting to know people and talking to people. So, you know, even though I like, you know, wagering just at the window, I mean, the contests really give you that community and it, it's a big group of people, but it's also a small group of people. You know, every time you go, it's generally a similar crowd and, and there's people from all walks of life all around the country. And, um, I just, I love it. Wow. That's incredible. So you've been to a lot of tracks for different contests, which would you say is your favorite? Oh my gosh. That's so hard. I mean, right. (laughs) I think I would probably have to say Santa Anita because I mean, I would, it just took my breath away when I walked Mm -hmm. in there. It just, it was so beautiful and so gorgeous. And I've always done well at that track too. So that probably Mm -hmm. have a little bit of bias, but I mean, it was just so gorgeous. I totally agree. When you see the San Gabriel mountains behind the track, it's just incredible. It was, I actually felt like a little lightheaded. It was so, it was, it was amazing. Yeah. So I haven't been to Del Mar yet. I really want to go. I was planning to go, but of course, you know, everyone's had wrenches thrown in their plans the last few years. Um, but I, I really like to go to Del Mar. For sure. And you know, uh, Benny South street, who we also have in common, he keeps trying to get me to come to Del Mar and I've had, right. Yeah. Like I keep wanting to go and I make these plans to go, but like you said, something happens. And the next thing you know, like my, my Del Mar money is going towards the dentist, the car, the dog, something. Always something. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So Uh, when I'm fascinated and I want to change tracks here for just a second, because I brought up Benny South street. And if you're listening out there, uh, anybody who uses trip note pros, every time you go to the website, every time you see a tweet, every time you get an email, you're seeing Alexa's artwork. We use your logos for everything. And they're my favorite logos, that green, I can't get that green out of my head. (laughs) What inspires you? when you're, you're creating, especially within horse racing is, do you usually gravitate towards people, towards the animals themselves? Like what makes you want to create? Wow. That's such a good question. I mean, you know, I've always been creative. That's just something that, I mean, truly art is my first passion in life. 100%. You know, I, even in kindergarten graduation, when we had to stand up and we were five or six or whatever and say what we wanted to be, I said an artist. I've just always known. And that is what I pursued in life. That is what I got my degree in. And, you know, what I've also pursued in, you know, as a career in some ways. Mm -hmm. And so I just love the creative process. And for me, it doesn't 
really matters so much what I'm drawing because mm-hmm. I just get so much joy from the process of creating. But I will say that with horse racing, there's so much love and passion, you know, just with fans and owners and, you know, just the whole sport in general. So it is a really special, you know, a special subject matter to be able to create. And I mean, horses themselves are just beautiful and majestic creatures. For sure. So it's, you know, obviously easy to enjoy drawing a horse or painting a horse. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, I just like to being able to capture the passion and, and joy that is horse racing. Absolutely. And you can see it in your artwork. And I remember Dickie, uh, again, one of the first ways that, that I became familiar with who Alexa Zepp is, was it a couple years ago, maybe two, three years ago, uh, you submitted a t-shirt design. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. And that was my, like my first foray into who is Alexa Zepp. I saw this beautiful artwork and Dickie, you know, he's one of your biggest fans and he's like, everybody vote for this, this design or this and that. And I remember voting and, and that, you know, that was, uh, how I met you per se. Oh, wow. Yeah. That was, that was so fun. That was the COVID relief t-shirt with Peter's cup, which is really cool because, well, for two reasons, you know, it, the profits of people buying the shirts went to you know, support cover relief, but also I'm very competitive. So I like, <laughs> I like winning. You so, don't say. I know, you don't say. So, you know, when I was designing those shirts, I think I designed four or five and, you know, mm-hmm. it was like really trying to create something spectacular so that I could win. And I'm finally about to reap the benefits from it. I think for winning that contest, I got, um, some tickets to Breeders' Cup and <gasps> then, yeah, which is cool. And then, um, you know, yeah, years in a row, I postponed using them because of, of the, of the right. Um, but right. yeah, so this year I'll, I'll be able to use that, which is, which is fun, but, but yeah, I mean, that was really, that's cool. I didn't know that. That's yeah. Yeah. And then was... that's how I also met, um, really Benny South street. Yeah. Cause, <laughs> cause he reached, he reached out to me for help with, you know, their creative content. And I was like, yeah, yeah absolutely. And then, you know, we became, you know, acquaintances and friends mm-hmm. and he, you know, trip notes, trip note pros is awesome. It's a wonderful tool. I am not a, um, like a replay watcher, but mm-hmm. it's amazing. And he's the best at it. Right. It's just mm-hmm. so great. And so, you know, he was talking to me about his vision for trip note pros and how he wanted to break into the, the Spanish market too. So you know, I, I speak Spanish. That's something I also studied a lot in college. So I started translating for him, which was really fun for a while there. Yeah. I, you know, it was funny because at one point I thought he was going to ask me to start editing that. And I was like, look, Benny, I could do a lot of things, but revise and edit Spanish is not one of them. I'm pretty sure, you know, anything that's misspelled is going to have to stay that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm sure there were some, I'm sure, you know, I, I am not a native speaker. I am fluent. I've spent a lot of time like living and traveling in Central and South America. Um, So I'm fluent, but I'm, I'm sure there were errors, but I, I wouldn't think it still made sense to most people. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And I wouldn't know. And actually it's kind of funny. I was telling Nancy and, and Carson about this earlier today, my 
embarrassing faux pas with the the interview questions and you taking a look i assumed you were a woman of color because you spoke spanish fluently and here i am a latina i can barely get out quesadilla you know i am no one to be judging spanish and and nancy uh nancy's fluent so oh, i am cool. surrounded by speakers right Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. Yes. <laughs> i yeah. Such a wonderful language. I love, I just Beautiful. love Spanish. Yeah. I love right. languages in general. Like, you know, I said, I'm a people person. So just the idea of being able to communicate with like a whole world of people that you wouldn't beforehand just excites me. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the more languages you speak naturally, your vocabulary, everything, it explains, you know, a lot of your creativity and your drive sure, yeah. to learn more. I love it. Um, <laughs> So you just mentioned that you're not necessarily a replay watcher, then what, if you're not, what does your handicapping process look like? Yeah. So I am a computer player. I'm a data-driven handicapper. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the program I use was originally, you know, my husband's life work. He's a genius. Mm -hmm. Um, He's I've spoken with him. Yes, he is. Yeah. He's a savant. (laughs) I mean, he's just, Mm -hmm truly the smartest person I met. I mean, I know I'm biased, but still, Um, (laughs) and, you know, so, so he created this amazing program and then, you know, I kind of watched and listened for a lot of years. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know, a lot of years, maybe like a year, year and a half. And then at some point I was like, well, I want to do this. Like I can do this too. Mm -hmm. So, you know, then I started, kind of customizing the program and, you know, using my own filtering and my own data fields and, you know, my own interpretation of, of how to look at a race Mm -hmm. and kind of, you know, used his program and then turned it into, you know, my own version of it. And so one thing I did was convert all of the numbers into colors because as an artist, I'm a very visual person. Wow. When I would stare at a screen of number data, it would just like made me go cross-eyed. So now when it's like, you know, this flow of greens and reds and yellows, you know, I can really better visualize how a race is going to unfold. Um, and yeah, so, so I'm a computer player. I try Mm -hmm. to handicap quickly because, Mm -hmm. you know, I've done all the work on the back end, right? Like, turning it into this like dashboard that essentially does a lot of the day-to-day handicapping for me. And Mm -hmm. as a competitive person, I find myself when I'm making errors, a lot of times I'm like trying to beat the program almost, you know, like out handicap my program. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, so I do try to, you know, trust more or less, you know, kind of the, the outputs, Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, kind of think long, think wrong. <laughs> yeah. Kind yeah. Of my motto. And then, you know, now, since I'm really comfortable and pretty confident in my selection process, now I'm more working on, you know, like optimizing my bet structures, optimizing my contest play, kind of some of the game theory behind that, um, wow. and working on, you know, how to how to, I guess, take it to the next level is, I guess, the stage I'm in right now. For sure. And how often will you add something new to your process? Like, is that something that happens, you know, rarely, or is it something you're doing like on a monthly basis? I'm fascinated by this idea. Yeah, I actually rebuild 
models in the program almost daily, um, you know, taking into consideration, you know, yeah, currently what's happening at tracks and whatnot. I would say, you know, I would, I go through and check every, every month or two, some of like the main models just to make sure that they're still profitable and still, you know, doing what they're supposed to be doing. Um, but yeah, you know, I will, I'll basically build whatever, if I'm seeing something happening on a track, you know, mm-hmm. then I'll, I'll kind of dig into that and see if I can build a model out of it and add it. Um, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. I, I remember I was at NHC, uh, this past year, uh, just, running errands for Benny, you know, so he could focus and do what he needed to do. And I remember um, Dickie telling me that you were going to be there. And I was like, oh, we'll have to go and find her. And he was saying, well, I, you know, I wouldn't, she's a fierce competitor. Again, she's going to be super busy and in the zone. And I was like, okay, I don't want to disrupt her. But that was my chance to meet you. And I missed it. I know. I meant to meet you too. I actually meant to go see, um, Benny South Street too. And yeah, I missed him. And I had to go over to Bellagio to, um, you know, see him. In yeah. person. So we hadn't met yeah. in person yet, but yeah, this, you know, I haven't gotten my seat yet for this coming year, but I will gotcha. be here. Nice. Um, so if you're there, we'll definitely have to. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I would love to meet you. Um, and you so- could have come and interrupted me. I mean, <laughs> Well, I'm only going to do that if Dickie's with me, because I figure if you throw a punch, he can catch it. And There'll I'll be just... no punches thrown. <laughs> Don't worry about that. I feel, Nancy, I'm totally fangirling over here. and You haven't even had a chance to ask a question yet, but I'm so excited to have Alexi here. I want to, you know, get everything out. But um, Alexa, you are about to start or have started this grand adventure uh, a syndicate. And I, one of the reasons, cause you and I were talking briefly about it. One of the reasons I wanted you on the podcast so badly is because I would love to know how syndicates work and how like an average player, if it's possible for an average player handicapper to join a syndicate, how does that yeah. work? Yeah, absolutely. Tell us so, everything. Okay. <laughs> so Syndicates are a really good way for people to get involved in ownership. You know, there's a lot of um, stuff behind the scenes for ownership, a lot of stuff that makes it kind of difficult to enter, honestly, if you're just one person going in and wanting to buy a horse. You know, there's legal things and taxes and paperwork and, you know, registrations and then, you know, just breaking into how do you you know, communicate with a trainer. How do you, you know, how do you go buy a horse? What's the right horse? So, you know, syndicates are a great way for people who want to get involved and not even necessarily new, but they just, you know, want to get involved can, you know, buy in underneath the umbrella of a syndicate. Um, and also racehorses are expensive and are risky investments. So for owners, a lot of times, even if they're very seasoned and could, you know, very well on their own, go purchase a horse, they'll want to, you know, diversify their investment into multiple horses. So, you know, you can go in and buy five, 10, 20, 50, whatever percentage of a horse Mm -hmm. um, and kind of, you know, spread your risk around also get more action, have more, you know, have an interest in multiple horses running. And there's also, depending on the syndicate you're in, you know, a lot of them are very community based. So you can, you know, meet up, meet up with your other owners at the track and, you know, watch your horse run. And yeah. So syndicates are, I know sometimes they, 
they have a bad rap at times. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are a lot of good ones out there too, that really make the ownership process and just something great. <laughs> right. And so how does, for instance, a syndicate, like what you're running, how, how does that provide, you know, a potential stakeholder with, with more input than let's say maybe my racehorse? Sure. So, you know, my racehorse does the micro shares. So gotcha. Yeah. So that's, you're owning a very, very, very tiny percentage of a horse Mm -hmm. a lot of times, Um, which is, which is totally fine. You know, if that's Mm -hmm. what you're interested in and um, you know, for, for my syndicate, I think there truly is nothing better than the thrill of ownership. I mean, I've done it all. I've been in lots of, I mean, I haven't done it all, but I've done lots of things in the industry. I've done, you know, wagering and, um, you know, working in it and mm-hmm. competitions and ownership and the excitement and thrill and pride when I, you know, watch my own horse run and cross the line first. Like I would, you know, throw all the rest away to do that. You know, it's just sure. so thrilling. So, you know, I want to provide people a really really good communication, you know, and and have people really truly involved so that, you know, they know everything about the career decisions that are being made. You know, they understand, you know, if their horse, you know, did really well or didn't do well, like what, right. What happened? What did the jockey think? What does the trainer Mm -hmm. think? You know, I want people to help, you know, name the horse, you know, make, you know, really be involved and, and own their horse. That's incredible. So to me, it sounds like the biggest difference is the personal touch, the, the sort of, uh, smaller, uh, more intimate setting of the syndicate where you feel like you are actually involved with the horse that, that you are supporting versus my racehorse where you could be one of what, 10,000 people potentially. Yeah, my, I have two my racehorse micro shares, and I think it's like point zero 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 zero. Like it's so many zeros that I'm just like, oh, well, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you don't really get a say, but you get like a little workout report. They send you little videos, so you feel like you're kind of there for yeah. like point for like I think a micro share is like fifty bucks. I don't know, but sure. Mm-hmm. But it's not the same, right? Because you're just like one in how many hundreds of people. Yeah, exactly. And you know, my with my syndicate, I sell in five um, percent shares. So you know, you, there can be up to twenty people, but you know, on average, it's probably less than that. Um, you know, maybe between eight to fifteen people in in ownership in each horse. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think the thing that makes the syndicate really special is, you know, our approach to how we manage the horse's career decisions, um, how we go into, you know, our thought process into purchasing a horse. So have you seen the movie Moneyball? Yes. Okay. So basically haphazard, haphazard racing is my syndicate and haphazard racing is the money ball for horse racing syndicates. So we're totally data-driven. Um, I wouldn't say totally we're 90, 90% 90% data driven. Um, and you know, we're, we're using advanced statistical analysis for all the decisions. 
And it's the same program that I use and has brought me success for my handicapping. So mm-hmm. what I've done is taken that and geared it towards, um, you know, both how to purchase the bright horse at a good value. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some of that is, you know, looking at the sales data and we have, you know, different metrics for, you know, what we think the maximum you should pay for it. Even if it's a great horse, there's still a maximum that you should, you know, value wise that you should pay for it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even if it's going to win the Derby, you shouldn't probably, you know, pay right. twenty million for it. Right. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. So, so how to identify the correct value of a horse. So we have that. And some of that is we have predictions on, you know, how much purse money we believe that horse will earn within its first two years. Um, what the percent chance of that horse, um, excuse me, winning a stakes race. And we won't buy any horse that we don't think can win a stakes race. Um, so, you know, we have all this awesome data analytics and then we combine that when we're going and looking at purchasing a horse with our, you know, bloodstock agents who Mm -hmm. is THT bloodstock and they're so interesting. They're amazing. Some of their horses that they've purchased are run happy and city of light are probably two of their, you know, best purchases. Oh, wow. Yeah. And Carrie Thomas is actually the guy who owns it and he studied wild horses for 18 years. (gasps) Yeah. So their approach is super unique. Um, Mm -hmm. they're really the only company I know of in the world that does it where they, um, you know, are experts in herd dynamic, which I mean, all of us know horses are herd animals. So that's huge. You know, how, how does a horse react to, you know, stimulus, you know, how, how, sure. Yeah. Is it a leader or a follower, you know? Yeah. Oh, that, I would love to know that. (laughs) It's so, oh my gosh. I, they're so kind. I um, didn't have a partnership yet for the July sale, Uh um, but Pete Dank, who is part of THT still came and met with me and spent the day at the sale going through our shortlist and, and analyzing each horse, like in person, looking at the horse, looking at their stride, looking at their ears and their legs and how they move and, Mm -hmm. um, everything. And just teaching me all these little subtleties of how you look at a horse and, uh, you know, get an idea for how they are going to perform, you know, later on. So, wow. It, so to me, it sounds like, and a long time ago when I was a little bit younger and a less, a little bit less sassier, I dated a hedge fund manager for a little while. I know the people in the audience are going to be shocked because I'm <laughs> foul mouthed, but, um, it almost sounds like you're a hedge fund manager for a horse. Like you're putting together the horse's portfolio, which then you're then passing on to the people who are going to invest. Sounds incredibly detailed. You must be putting hundreds of hours into all this research. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, that's a really, probably fairly accurate comparison. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, I've, this is my passion. I have put many, many hours and work into it. And just because, you know, I, I basically see, you know, I'm the, I'm the managing partner of the syndicate, but to me, that role means I work for my owners. You know, I think a lot of syndicates are the other way around where they don't necessarily, not all of them, but a lot of them don't necessarily treat their owners with how they should. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, like, you know, my first duty is to the horse, right. Making sure yeah. that the horse is well taken care of and, mm-hmm. you know, all of that. 
And, and then to my owners and trying to, you know, make a return on investment and also provide people with an exciting and enjoyable experience. Wow. I, I appreciate that because I just saw on Twitter, um, won't mention, but it's on there, but somebody recently just retired a um, race horse just because it was, the horse wasn't race ready. And seeing that it just because he wasn't, you know, working up to like, just, I guess the way he framed it was like, he just wasn't race ready. And I think he only ran like four times in his whole career. And to me, it's like, you're just taking, it's like, Oh, you just threw him in the trash. is kind of how I felt. And I'm like, that's not like, that's not how you should run a syndicate. So that kind of, broke my heart the other day to see that um because maybe like as a when you're a runner right like you have bad days so maybe if you had like a couple bad races doesn't mean like you suck and that's kind of the same thing for a horse maybe he was you just needed a little bit more time and so I just felt like okay just took him and then bought another horse so thank you for saying that because that really um really tugs at the heartstrings for me. So sorry for my soapbox, but no, no, absolutely. <laughs> I figured I'd mentioned that because like there's the good syndicates and there's the bad ones. And so like that yeah. one just really rubbed me the wrong way. So, yeah, I mean, I, me too. Yeah. You just don't do that. Like you just don't do that stuff. I mean, like, they give just... us a hundred percent, you know, every time they go, yeah. they give us a hundred percent. And so, you know, it's our duty like, to give them a hundred percent back. And there was, and the thing is, there was nothing wrong with it. Like he just, yeah. Yeah. Maybe he just wasn't feeling it or something like four times. So yeah. yeah. Wow. Anyway. And so Alexa, because that brings it up too. like, how much contact are you going to have with the horse? Like, are you going to be putting your hands on the horse regularly or things like that? Cause it sounds like you really love the animals. You were talking about how beautiful they are. And you and Nancy were just discussing, will you have a chance to, uh, to put your hands on the horse as often as you'd like, or somewhat regularly? Yeah. So yeah, you're absolutely right. I'm a super animal person. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I currently live in Kansas, so mm-hmm. not a big racing, um, state, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> um, at least it's not Utah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but you know, I do travel a lot to Kentucky, which is where my horses are right now. Um, you can mm-hmm. see them, you know, every every few months or so. Um, hopefully, you know, more frequently in the future. But so, you know, for me, that's just because I'm not physically present, like at the farm every day, mm-hmm. is just why it's so important. One of the reasons why it's so important to me to build like a really good team of people that for sure are hands-on. And, um, you know, I've done that over the last few years. I bought a broodmare in 2020, um, and I've bred her a few times. So, you know, I've kind of learned, you know, how to, how to ship a horse around, how to move a horse around, how to right. get in contact with good people. And, um, you know, my horses right now are with Joe Mulholland, um, in Lexington. And he is just, I, I mean, hands down best horseman ever. I mean, he's just amazing. Yeah. Wow. And, um, you know, actually before he, you know, won the Derby and got all famous, <laughs> break our horses with, we break our horses with Eric Reed. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. I, was, wow. I was 
with him just a couple of weeks before the Derby um, in his clockers mm-hmm. tower watching our horse. And mm-hmm. he and Kay are wonderful too. They're really great horsemen. Um, wow. So, you know, my hands aren't on them all the time, but the people that are, are just right. Really quality horsemen and women. Right. It sounds like you've surrounded yourself with just some amazing knowledge and, and, you know, people who, who are going to take care of these horses. Yeah. It's fantastic. And so this clearly is not a whim for you. It's not a hobby. This is a passion. Am I correct? Yeah. Gotcha. Wow. Definitely a passion. I mean, you know, it started in 2020 when I, I formed the business then to, for the purchase of my broodmare. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, this year is when I've launched the actual syndication, Mm -hmm. but, but yes, this is no whim. This is definitely my passion. So weird side question. Where did you get the name haphazard from? (laughs) Okay. So we were talking about Ryan Dickey earlier. Yes. Best guy ever. So Ryan Dickey and I actually, um, went in together for the purchase of the broodmare and oh okay and so you know a couple of years ago I didn't know I was going to turn it into a syndicate yet um and we were talking and we were like what should we name this business and what should what should we name the entity and we have some really unique initials you know his Uh is rd and mine is az and we just went online and put in (laughs) put it in online and like a, I don't know, word calculator that says (laughs) what words use all of these letters. And there's not that many. Um, Right. And haphazard came up and I was like, Ooh, I like it. It sounds creative and fun. Uh Um, and so we went with it and as time has gone on, I just like it more and more. I I like it. It sounds exciting. And it's kind of also funny because our approach is the opposite of a haphazard approach. Like right. like a very structured, like data approach. So, um, yeah, I like it. <laughs> I love it. I might give it, you know, I'm, I don't know if I, if you know this, but I'm a teacher in high school. And so I would love to just put the name of your syndicate on the board and explain to them, you know, very data driven, lots and lots of research and have the kids figure out where the irony is at. Cause that was the reason why I asked there's yeah. no- haphazard about this syndicate. So with that in mind, and I don't want to keep you too much longer because I know it's getting late on that side of the country for both you and Nancy, but um, with all of the passion that you have for the sport, for the animals, for the contests, what does the perfect syndicate uh, member, what is, what does that person look like for you? What characteristics would someone you would want to work with closely have? That's a great question. I would say the perfect syndicate partner or owner with haphazard would be someone who is high integrity, mm-hmm. who values our moneyball approach to horse ownership and who wants to experience the thrill of ownership. That's incredible. I mean, I, every time you say Moneyball, I keep thinking of Brad Pitt and I'm wondering <laughs> who in the group gets to be Brad Pitt. So, uh, <laughs> but um, right. So how can people reach you if they are interested in learning more about Haphazard Racing Syndicate? Yeah, sure. So my Twitter um, is at Alexa underscore Zep. Z-E-P-P. Mm-hmm. And um, my email is info, I-N-F-O at 
haphazardracing.com and haphazard is H-A-P-H-A-Z-A-R-D. Fantastic. And I'm, I I can tell you right now that either tonight or tomorrow morning, you're going to get a DM from me asking you for more information because my racehorse, I I don't know. It seems a little too detached for me. Um, Mm -hmm. and I would love to do something more along the lines of what you're talking about, just get my feet wet and, you know, learn more and things like that. And if there's anybody in the world who I would like to receive information from, you would be one of those people. So thank you. That's awesome. You're someone I'd love to have as an owner too. Well, well, Andy, our producer is going to kill me for all the fangirling I've done, but I don't care. Andy, suck it. All right. It's Alexa fucking Zep. Uh, oh, <laughs> explicit rating. We got right, there. there. We go. Explicit rating. I, so last, last week I said 50 to one. And now this week I was yeah. thinking 90 to one and I've hit twice. No. I mean, I was, I was classy for most of the interview and then I just got it right, right at the end, right, right at, the, at end. the end. So Nancy, any final words before we let Alexa go to sleep and dream about art and horses and beautiful things? No, I, um, I would just say I, um, I am fond of syndicates. I think the work that people do and there's so much involved and um, I think it's just phenomenal the work you are doing. And so you will probably hear from me too, because I, yes, because it's, I, I know the work that goes into it. um, And it's just, it's a lot of blood, sweat and tears. And then when you see it, you know, result with a horse winning. I mean, that's, it's the best feeling in the world. It's just so awesome to see. So, um, I'm supportive of people that just do that kind of thing and do it the right way. So, um, you will be hearing, you'll be hearing from me. All right. Thanks guys. I'll send my my resume too. (laughs) (laughs) Alexa, do you have any final words for the audience? Anything you'd like to leave us with to think about? Um, I mean, not that I can think of other than look out whoever I'm up against next this week in the head to head. Yeah. I hope it's not me. That was, I haven't looked yet. (laughs) That was part of the reason why I was hoping we could handicap the Pacific classic because I was like, Oh, I'm going to get this bitch's picks. You know, (laughs) I'm going to figure out how she wins this much. Everybody, everybody just bet flight line. Oh, look at you with flight line. All right. Thank you for joining us and we will see you next week. And Alexa, we will tag you as soon as this posts on Twitter. Thanks so, so much for having me. Thank you thank for coming you. on. So privileged to be able to speak with you. Thanks and have a good night.